Welcome to the Expansive Astrology Podcast, where we look at using astrology beyond the tropes and horoscopes to tune into the natural forces around us and within us, honoring our true nature to craft our future. I'm your host, Melissa, the self-care witch, and I'm here to help you meet your magic. Without further ado, let's begin this week's episode with a tarot reading for the collective. Hi, welcome back to the Expansive Astrology Podcast. Today is episode 38 and I am extra excited for this one. We are taking the medicine of Aquarius even farther, even deeper. Like let's really get into it just in time for the full moon in Leo later this week. Uh, This week's episode is dedicated to honoring your authentic unique individual self this is part of Aquarius's whole mission and the more we can embrace our authenticity the better we're able to show up in the full force of our power for the good of the planet which is the other part of Aquarius's whole mission here it's so important it's so good it's like my favorite thing in the world But first things first, I have a collective tarot reading for you. This is a four card check-in spread meant to be really anchoring for you as we move throughout the next week. Take what you need and leave the rest and stay open to seeing how these things may play out for you over the week to come. Because if you're hearing this, I trust that you're meant to hear it. First of all, present for us is the hermit supported by the two of wands. Hmm. Many say that the hermit is about um, isolation, taking a break from others. Like I'm reading from a new deck and I won't say which one, but yeah, like in, in this guidebook, it's about solitude and independence taking extended time for yourself and that's that's the common way of looking at it right we think of a hermit the hermit and uh, we think of being alone and um that's not always possible (laughs) uh and it's not i i i read largely from soul tarot by lindsay mack and she really makes it about more than whether you're taking time for yourself or not. The hermit is about like trusting yourself. It's about like divine trusting divine timing. It's about relying on yourself and like and um your place in the world or having faith in your place in the world. It's about mindfulness. It's about presence. It's about trust. It's about um, connection. And it's about like really being empowered in the present moment. The hermit is a reminder that we can only ever be with what is. We can only ever be where we are. And that the wisest thing to do is to trust that where you are finding yourself is where you're meant to find yourself and to trust that you have everything you need. You are equipped with everything that you need to handle where you are. It's about trusting yourself 
your place, your knowing, trusting what is being illuminated to you, and putting your focus and your energy there. So, like, there are some questions that come up with the hermit. What is being illuminated to me right now? What am I trying to rush past? What feels impossible to trust or surrender to? How can I be more present and more magical right now with what I am, with what is being shown to me? And the one thing about like the solitude and like the old man on the mountain who doesn't need anybody else, that's just the thing. (laughs) They don't need anybody else. They have such trust in their knowing. Like they, that hermit on the mountain knows their shit, right? They know the land. They know their power. They know their magic. And they don't rely on anybody else. They are in solitude and isolated. And um, that can be a really beautiful thing. And like, I'm a pregnant mom. (laughs) I'm literally never alone. (laughs) not always reasonable or feasible to like take time alone you know um so for me like when the hermit comes up it's about it's about more than um solitude isolation loneliness and it's more about presence and trust and surrender this is the card that comes before the wheel of fortune which some say is like a good luck card So I love that. Soul Tarot says that the Wheel of Fortune is also like about presence and centering. It's about like um, uh, trusting the turning of your life. And rather than trying to grip the wheel and steer (laughs) the car yourself, um, knowing when and how to like stay centered um, and like not gripping right? But rather staying centered and wise and knowing like what is right in front of me that I can do right now. What is right in front of me that I can get my hands into and work with while my life is unfolding. How can you, it's about like, I I talk about this a lot in my work, like the difference between control and power. We can't control shit. (laughs) Like, we don't have a whole lot of control over many, 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 many things, right? But we do have so much power over how we respond to what unfolds. And that's what the Wheel of Fortune helps us learn. And I only mention that because um, our ability to really effectively do that Wheel of Fortune work is massively strengthened by our relationship with hermit work. Also, just fun to mention that the hermit is associated with Virgo and Virgo is like associated with being a a steward of the planet Uh, and Aquarius is very much about being a steward of the planet too so uh, it's just fitting as always (laughs) who's surprised our work with the hermit is supported by the two of wands Um, now the wands are about our energy our fire our our power and the two of wands is reminding <laughs> reminding us to um, pause before doing. It's like, it's about 
engaging with our energy and engaging with our fire very carefully, cautiously, keeping the fire, keeping the boil rolling, but at like a low simmer. The two of wands is about um, garnering more energy. It's about um, preparation. It's about education, really planning things out, discernment, patience. What a perfect emphasis to the hermit, honestly. (laughs) Um, The two of wands is about trust too. It's about like leaning into the waiting. It's about leaning into this phase where um, it's not time to move yet, but but that doesn't mean inaction, right? It it means quite. It means preparation. The two of wands is really a reminder to be where you are. And trust. Truly, the perfect follow up to the hermit. Um, I don't think I need to say much more about that. Our lesson for this week is the five of swords, which is. Um, usually like some contraction <laughs> it's like it's an uncomfortable card it's an uncomfortable energy the swords represent our brain chemistry how we are thinking about things and in the five of swords there's this like massive feeling of like loss of like fuck I fucked up <laughs> um it's like this fear of making the wrong decision or of losing losing something right this card in a lot of ways is like a mini devil card. It's, it's, and I think this is, I think this comes from Lindsay Mack. I always think the phrase like, don't lose your swords. Don't lose your mind. Don't lose your swords. Don't let the stories run away from you. And the mind, uh, the brain and its stories can be really, really mean, really critical. Ay, ay, ay. It can be exhausting. It can be ter- like uh, really hard to battle, um, like an inner, a really strong inner critic, a really loud inner critic. Um, the brain can be really predatory because it wants to keep us where we are and it wants to stay in control, right? The more the brain feels like it has control, the safer it feels, the safer we feel. And then when you like add on top of it, like neurodivergence and like weird brain, not weird, but like difficult brain chemistry things like that the brain does it's it's like we love it we love it right it's amazing it's everything in some ways and it like it's a little fucker dude (laughs) isn't it such a fucker right and it doesn't want our heart it doesn't want our soul it doesn't want expansion to lead the way it wants to lead the way because its whole function is to keep us safe. So like, that's great. And we appreciate it. But that means that it is very uncomfortable with expansion. It's very uncomfortable with risk. Um, last week, I talked a lot about the fool. Uh, it, it, the brain is, is the brain despises the fool, <laughs> right? Um, it wants to prevent foolishness, you know, and, and as a, don't even get me started, but as a result, like, when the brain is in the front seat, I don't know. Um, that's what I would call foolish. <laughs> but this phrase, like, don't lose your swords. Don't lose control of your mind. And we only have, you know, um, totally 
um, acknowledging like neurodivergence and difficult brain chemistry, right? Like I'm experiencing some, I guess, perinatal um, anxiety, depression, just like the, the, and the hormones that come with pregnancy, like my thinking, my, um, yeah, my thinking, my coping has been like so out of whack (laughs) for what is typical for me. And I'm so aware that it is like, um, that it, like it, it comes with pregnancy for some people. And I'm so aware like that it's my brain, right? That like, um, I don't have to believe what it's fucking telling me when it's being really pretty awful. Um, and I don't have a whole lot of control over it right now. <laughs> so it really does feel like a battle and like, ugh. but that predatory nature of the brain keeps us feeling small, keeps us feeling inadequate, keeps us isolated, um, with, with all sorts of scary stories. Like, um, you are wrong. You, um, shouldn't tell anybody what you're thinking. You, um, shouldn't do those good things, those healthy things. Um, you know, it tells you it's always going to be this way. Um, like you should just give up. You are so alone. Everybody hates you. You're a burden. This is, um, out of your control. Like, I don't know, like anything to keep us feeling weak and powerless and isolated from others and isolated from the things that are good for us, the things that are nurturing and healing, the things that would, um, help prevent or at least mitigate those very fucking stories those very fucking things that the brain does to us noticing if your swords are like running away from you and maybe leaning into like that two of wands idea and also our anchor for the week is really nurturing for this our lesson this week is like learning um that you don't have to believe all of the stories that the brain says you don't have to believe um, narratives of like, you've, you fucked up. Um, look what you've done. You've lost this thing. You don't have to let yourself run away with the scary fear-based victim-based brain stories, especially stories that aren't even true or you don't know to be true, right? Like with all of this perinatal depression, anxiety, like just like wild brain chemistry I've been experiencing there are times where my brain really wants me to run away with a story of like I am I'm I'm not a good mother or I'm not going to be able to do this I can't do this and I know objectively that that is untrue right um stories that my husband um is tired of of me (laughs) um uh, that he um is like uh, you know hating me or or loathing me or tired of me right or gonna leave me I know that that is not true but it's really easy to let my for my brain really wants to take me there and it does and it takes a lot of awareness and fucking work (laughs) And trust to know that like, okay, that is a story and it does not have to be the story that I sit with and believe and live out, you know, 
the five of swords as a lesson, as a reminder to stay centered, recenter, claim authority over your mind, know that your brain is not always right. And those stories, the anxiety, the depression, the grief, the anger, the sadness, the, that can all be here. That can all exist. And you get to author the stories. You get to author the story. You get to authorize, right? Like what you believe to be true or false. Um, Elise Myers, queen of the internet, queen of TikTok. Um, I don't even watch her much, right? But this, this, I heard it from her and it like stuck with me so much. Um, I don't receive that or I do receive that right? These, these stories that my brain wants to take me away on that, like, um, my mothering sucks, my work sucks, I should just give up on all of it. Like I chuckle at it when I'm outside of it. (laughs) But man, when I'm in it, it's, it's rough. It's so, so, there's not even I don't even know what word to put there, right? It's fucking so hard to navigate. It's so hard to come out of. It's so hard to remind yourself that that is not the truth with a capital T, right? And really practicing that idea of like, I don't receive that. I know that those things are not true. (laughs) Maybe this whole entire spread is just for me. (laughs) I'm just gonna share it with the with the world. (laughs) Because this is hitting me like closer to home than any that I've done, (laughs) probably any that I've done yet in 38 episodes. Um, So tell me it's not just me and I'll move on to our anchor for the week. Given all of this, given what is present and given what we might be um, having some spicy opportunities to learn through, our anchor for the week is the nine of wands. Oh, what a lovely freaking anchor that is. The nine of wands is like about permissioning self-care and rest, really, like in a in a cute little nutshell. The nine of wands reminds us to like take better care of ourselves while like in the process of doing things, right? Not waiting for the goal to be met or the project to be done or um, our, you know, not waiting for some sort of arbitrary or not even arbitrary, not waiting for any sort of end point to do that self-tending and nurturing that, that we need to do. So like if you're waiting for vacation this summer, to find some relaxation um this is a a, you know serious reminder you know I take this very seriously uh rethink that (laughs) rethink that a little bit um yes maybe you have to wait for June for your Disneyland trip (laughs) whatever um and how can you find breaks and rest and self-care and self-tending from now until then during the process like while you're working to get there and whether that's a Disneyland trip in June or um, a graduation date or a a promotion or your kid to you know um, stop you know to reach the next phase whatever that might be right there's always something there's always something and I always think of (laughs) Maybe I should find another example, but I was a cigarette smoker for way too long when I was way too young. And the thing about cigarette smokers is that they will 
take a damn break, (laughs) right? At all costs. They will take the time and they will go outside in the freezing cold weather, right? To like take their break. Uh, Not maybe, maybe not the best kind of break. This is not the type of self-care I'm talking about, right? But like, um, (laughs) that's... (laughs) It's ironic. I hear how ironic it is what I'm about to say. It's admirable in a way. <laughs> right? We could all kind of take a lesson from that and apply it in a way that is um, really healthy and nourishing, right? But like a smoker is going to advocate for their 10 minute break and they're going to go take it. You know, they're going to they're going to take a break from the family get together. If they're feeling overwhelmed and stressed and just need a quick breather, they're going to go outside and take a quick breather. (laughs) I really need a better way of um, chatting about this card, but it's it's it. it, Tell me it makes sense. Um, (laughs) The nine of wands is about giving yourself a break, tending yourself now. Finding finding a way to take a break, to tend to your body, to rest, even in the middle of the work. And this can look like, um, you know, taking a 10-minute break. It can look like doing a really juicy, it can look like a five-second, like, neck stretch, right? It can be um, a little, a breathing exercise that you do to and for yourself. Really, the nine of ones can be a way of life where, like, everything you're engaging with, is nourishing and tending because that's how you intend it to be. So even in the midst of, um, you know, a 12 hour shift where you're on your feet constantly finding breaks, (laughs) maybe instead of a cigarette smoker, I can talk about the way dads, uh, will go poop for a very long time. (laughs) A dad will take their poop break, right? And I'm sure that it's a very sacred time for them. Um, this is a little, it's a little sexist what I'm saying, huh? Hmm. Another bad example. For such a beautiful card, I should really have (laughs) better examples. (laughs) And really, this is kind of a mini star card. If the five of swords is a mini devil card, the nine of wands is a mini star card where, um, you are, learning to caretake yourself as a way of life rather than something that you earn or wait for down some somewhere down the line right where caretaking becomes a way of life rather than some goal post that's off in the distance i think that one got a little off the rails there at the end uh, <laughs> i hope you're still with me i hope that feels helpful Um, please let me know if it's just me or if you're relating to, (laughs) um, on that note, that's all I have for you for the tarot reading this week. Let's move into the expansive astrology. This is an important one. We're talking about shamelessness, shameless self-expression, authenticity. Aquarius is the water bearer. Part of its mission is to bring life to the collective. So, Our work is to become deeply in tune with what our water pot is made of. And 
to embrace who and what we are with confidence, that takes work. It isn't always easy to show up authentically. There are endless reasons that this may feel or be really challenging or even unsafe. But the more congruent we can be, the closer we can get to shamelessness about the essence of who we are, the better. This allows us to grow in our confidence and to show up more fully in our relationships and to advocate for ourselves and for others more effectively. It allows us to honor our uniqueness and to bring our strengths and gifts into the world. So let's talk about genuineness. Genuineness means being your actual self without facade openly and willingly experiencing the feelings and attitudes that are flowing within you at every given moment. And we'll talk a little more about facades later on today. But this type of genuineness involves mega self-awareness, right? Allowing your feelings to be available to you And being able to live them, experience them, communicate them. Remembering that this is for the good of the planet. The more you can step into your power and embrace who and what you are, the whole world benefits from that. I'm trained as a counselor and one of the like foundational theories of my whole approach as a counselor or a coach is called person-centered therapy. It's um, developed, pioneered by Carl Rogers. And it's all about genuineness, authenticity, transparency. This is very Aquarian and it really speaks to me because wondering what your therapist is thinking (laughs) is pretty awful. (laughs) It's pretty uncomfortable, right? Wondering what anyone is thinking can be pretty uncomfortable, right? And especially in a relationship like that, where there's a lot of, there should be a lot of trust, a lot of intimacy, uh, it's really uncomfortable to not know, to have no clue what the other person is thinking. And knowing that we can never know what another person is thinking, Right. But especially in my work as a coach or a counselor, I like it's very important to me that my client feels, um, a, you know, massive trust in me. Right. I don't want them to wonder what I'm thinking. I don't want to be incongruent in what I'm saying and what they're perceiving from me. Like if if your therapist is annoyed by you or disliking you or skeptical of you, like you can feel that right? But there's a way to like disclose those things in a therapeutic, kind, helpful, gentle way. Like again, like emphasizing in a therapeutic way, (laughs) there are ways for me to to dislike a client or disagree with a client. Uh, And it's better 
that I do that rather than to feel it and try to hide it or ignore it, um, the client will likely pick up on that, right? And that damages the therapy. It damages the relationship. Like being authentic, transparent, genuine helps to increase trustworthiness. It helps to uh, mitigate the... um, the natural wondering that happens of like what is what is she thinking what is she writing down no one should gain your trust automatically right and that goes for a therapist too no matter um what their office looks like or how many theories and techniques they know the trust must be earned and it's earned by being authentic and honest and I'm speaking about like the counseling relationship because that's that's my time in therapy school, getting my master's and really learning this, um, knowing that like my natural call, my natural Aquarian call to like live um, a very honest, transparent, vulnerable, um, foolish, weird, very open and and organic way, knowing that I could like learn to do that um as almost as a profession. <laughs> These things go for anyone, but I learned it in therapy school. So I, I, I really apply it to um, my work as a counselor and also um, as a client, right? Like when I'm with a therapist or searching for a therapist or any sort of support, it's not just therapy. It's not just therapy. Uh, but that kind of honesty and transparency, genuineness, congruence is something that I really value and I look for. Um, because I have a really uh, critical brain. I have a really um, like rejection sensitive brain. I have a, I have a very, uh, did I say critical yet? <laughs> you know, and um, if I have to wonder how somebody is feeling about me, I'm going to insert the worst, right? So I need to surround myself with people that I don't have to wonder, that I can trust. Um, I can trust that they are being authentic with me and that I can be authentic with them. And Carl Rogers, who, um, again, he's kind of the pioneer of this person-centered therapy. Back in 1966, he said, quote, it is not simple to achieve such reality. Being real involves the difficult task of being acquainted with the flow of experiencing going on within oneself a flow marked especially by complexity and continuous change, unquote. So in order to reach that level of authenticity, we must practice being aware of our own complexity and continuous change. This reminds me of another quote that is very Aquarian, um, comes from a book called Think on These Things by J. Krishnamurti. This quote has stuck with me for decades. It's, um, remain simply what you are with great humility. It's very Aquarian. So, um, Krishnamurti and Carl Rogers both, you know, remind us to honor our complexity, knowing that, um, we're ever changing. We're in a flow, right? and that we can honor that complexity we can honor where we are and what's coming up for us we can honor that flow and that is really the foundation of authenticity 
Now, genuineness has two sides, an inner one and an outer one, congruence and transparency, respectively, where whatever is coming up for you is what you are showing. Congruence means you won't always be likable, predictable, or pleasant, which is, you know, very fool energy. Because what we experience is not always likable, predictable, or pleasant. But you will be trustworthy and you will be honoring the depth of your experience. You will be authentic. Can you be okay with that? Can you be okay with not always being likable, predictable, or pleasant? Are you willing to be seen as you are, even if what you are in that moment is ignorant or embarrassed or vulnerable? So before we chat more about authenticity, let's start with how to increase self-awareness of that complex and continuously changing flow. How can you be more self-aware so that you can be more congruent, so that you can be more authentic? My first suggestion is mindfulness and meditation, presence, being present with and aware of what is coming up for you and from where and why. Self-awareness, you know, starts with presence, it starts with mindfulness one of the most important things that like meditation teaches us um, or helps us to practice is the ability to focus on our experience our ability to focus on our breath or our body or um, the music or the the you know guided meditation whatever it is mindfulness presence grounding meditation breath work yoga however you go about it Um, it's a practice, practicing awareness of what is coming up for you from where and why. I highly recommend journaling or if journaling isn't for you, um, talking, (laughs) talking it out, speaking out loud, um, things will come up for you that you weren't fully aware of. When you can give a voice to it, whether that's through pen or through voice (laughs) or speaking it out loud, uh, it increases our awareness. It increases our awareness of our process. If you're not into journaling, it can be really, really useful to record yourself just speaking um, and listening to it back or not. Sometimes listening back or reading back on what you've written or or said um, isn't even necessary for this to be so revealing and really really helpful and I think everyone should find themselves a good counselor someone who can act as a educated effective evidence-based you know professional um, objective sounding board Learn to take an observer role with your feelings, reactions, assumptions, all, all of your patterns, really. 
noticing your thoughts, your reactions, your feelings, your narratives without necessarily attaching to them or believing them. Reminder that not all of our thoughts are true and you are not your thoughts. Learning to really like observe what is coming up for you. Kind of get out of it and get your nose out of it and um, notice it. Uh, there's like a great strength in being able to zoom out of a situation and zoom out of um, your own thoughts and feelings and beliefs about a situation. And learning to allow and accept and honor what arises from you while having that kind of non-judgmental, non-attached um, way about it, while like allowing accepting and honoring those things while acknowledging that they're not necessarily true. Allowing, accepting, and honoring what comes up for you, that complex and ever-changing flow of thoughts, reactions, stories, assumptions, without attaching to them, without having to fix them or understand them. Allow, accept, honor, and allow flow. Self-awareness can also really be strengthened when we um, learn to pay attention to what is what bothers you about other people, <laughs> because those things are often a reflection of what we don't like in ourselves. Ouch. And that can be really bitter medicine. And it increases our awareness of who and how we are. And it helps us have more compassion. Right, So those times that you find yourself really critical of others um, or really bothered by another person, it's kind of a clue. And we do this a lot. <laughs> when you notice yourself thinking like, they are so lazy or they are so vain or they are so flighty or um, whatever the like criticism may be about another person. Like, catch that kind of shit in your brain as it's floating past your brain and notice, ask yourself, like, why is that rubbing me the wrong way about them so much? It's often, it's often something that exists within you, right? Whatever the critical, asinine, hypocritical narrative is in my brain, catching that shit and noticing remembering that I can be vain or lazy or attention-seeking too at times. And I know it so intimately. I know those things so intimately. And that is why I'm so turned off by it. You know, I know it. I understand it. I hate it in myself. So I have a massive aversion to seeing it in others. Noticing what bothers us about other people can help raise our awareness about what's really bothering us in ourselves. Notice what makes you feel defensive and de determine the why. What activates you? What makes you the most prickly and why? What is at the root there? And owning it, owning those roots, acknowledging like, no more of the, you made me mad, you made me triggered. And instead focusing on the, 
I became activated when I noticed blank, like owning your shit. And owning your shit is a natural result of that allowing, accepting, and honoring the complex flow, the ever-changing flow of what is arising within you, right? Get really clear on what your values and priorities are. What do you value most? Our values. And I, I recommend revisiting this like at least annually because what you value most at this time in your life can provide a roadmap for how you want to show up to your life. It gives you clues into what offends you and why. What is important to you and why. Notice, what do you do on autopilot? What do you distract yourself from? What are you trying to escape from that exists inside of you? This is like shadow work. It deserves a massive discussion that we're not going to get into right now, but it does deserve a spot on this list of increasing self-awareness. And um, we'll briefly explore it a little later when we talk about facades. So just acknowledging that this is this could be and probably should be a massive conversation, right? But um, having having awareness of what is in those shadows. What are you avoiding? What do you escape? What are you resisting? What do you kind of skate past? What do you distract yourself from? With not necessarily even with a goal of addressing those things or fixing them or, or, you know, shining a light in those shadows, but at least being aware of what those shadows are, what they're made of, right? Self-awareness requires... um, acknowledgement of your impact on others right it it hardly matters what your intention is i know some people probably disagree with that i know that that's really hard to um that's a hard pill to swallow in certain moments and your intention hardly matters compared to your impact right know how you impact others Ask for feedback where it is safe and warm and gentle and kind and loving. And if that doesn't feel safe or helpful or possible, um, make sure you're very careful with your assumptions. Like, for example, if you're telling a story and it seems like the other person is zoning out, be aware of the meaning you place on that, right? Observe what your brain's story is about that, right? Because it could be really easy to feel like, oh my God, I must, I am so boring. I take up too much space. They hate me. I'm talking too much. This story is irrelevant. I should be ashamed and embarrassed of myself. I need to just leave. (laughs) Uh, That could be the story, right? And, or that could become, it could be instead Oh, they must be really tired or a more neutral, um, self-accepting stance of like, "Mm, maybe that story wasn't the best one to tell right now, or these people aren't really engaging with me. They must not be my people, right? That doesn't have to mean, it doesn't have to mean a whole lot. 
But notice your impact on others. Notice if you are taking up too much space. Notice if your story isn't landing. Be careful about what the meaning that your that your mind places on those things and notice your impact on others. Knowing ourselves is so important because Aquarius invites us to be ourselves, really ourselves, fully ourselves, to stop denying ourselves, to stop editing it or suppressing it. Shamelessness, genuineness, authenticity for the good of the planet, to make us all better water bearers. We spend so much time trying to escape ourselves or trying to shapeshift into some other version of ourselves. So check in. What are you denying yourself? Because of generational trauma or cultural narratives or fears or assumptions or expectations, what experiences, dreams, goals, desires, rights, birthrights, what are you denying yourself? Where and why do you distract yourself and escape from yourself? It is so important to be aware of these things. Even if you don't do the deep dive and really tune into those parts yet, right? Like that'll happen whenever you're ready. Don't push it. But at least being aware that those parts of you exist and how they operate and when and why. There is an undoing that must happen. We have to undo the facade that we may have created over the years, which requires self-awareness and self-acceptance. So we've talked about how to increase the self-awareness. Let's talk about how to increase the self-acceptance. To increase self-acceptance, I want you to work backward (laughs) and start with uh, the masks you wear. Start with the facades, right? Checking in, like, am I being fully myself? Checking in at any moment. Am I being fully myself? Uh, That helps to explore what masks you use and why, where they came from. Some examples, like this can be, these can be subtle things. Like some examples are being extra sweet or quiet or cautious. Or on the other hand, being extra cold or hard in order to appear less vulnerable. These masks and facades exist in the certain truths that we hide about who we are joking about things that aren't funny or laughing at jokes you don't find funny. Even in like professionalism, the idea of professionalism, some of those expectations consist of masks or facades. I had a client who I worked with for quite a while who was very cool. He was very um, stoic He didn't, you know, he didn't express a lot of emotion, but not only that, like even in how he conceptualized things and talked about things, he was just very cool and laid back. And over time, he expressed um, a desire for more intimacy and to be closer to people and to like go deeper, right? So I kind of, I was transparent. (laughs) I was, um, I was honest with him about um, how he seemed like, 
kind of too cool sometimes. He seemed um, really, really almost, you know, uncaring. Um, even about these like really important deep things that we would talk about that he was voluntarily coming to me to talk about, right? Um, his approach was just so detached. Um, and getting to know him, the truth was that he was not detached at all, that he was not uncaring at all. And um, through learning of that goal and those values that he held and through my honesty of like telling him like you know um being on this side of the room like these are the things I see this is um this is the impact right of how you of your demeanor and like that process kind of revealed to him this mask that he had that he had to be cool that he had to be unfeeling, which he learned from his older brothers and um, his father. You know, there's a lot that, that comes behind that, right? And um, the incongruence there, right? The way that he was acting was, it was acting. The way he was behaving was not congruent with his heart and with what he wanted and what he valued. And um, learning that, acknowledging that, whoa, this is a mask, that I have learned, um, realizing what that facade was, where it came from, why, how, and why it was operating and what it was keeping him from was like imperative, imperative of him, like having in imperative in imperative for him to, uh, have more awareness of who he was and what was important to him. Uh, which allowed him to have more self-acceptance for those things and allowed him to live in congruence with those things and show up in alignment with those desires and those goals. Like his, so much progress was made um, in his accepting and realization of what the facade was, what the mask was, that he wasn't, (laughs) he wasn't as cool as he um, pretended to be. And I don't mean, I don't mean, and that's not an insult, you know, (laughs) cool as in cold, right? Cool as in unfeeling. He wanted to be warm. There are all kinds of nuanced little and large and not nuanced. There are so many ways that we adjust ourselves, the adjustments that we make to the face we're showing to the world. It's natural and it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's definitely something to be aware of and to manage. And it's kind of just a way of life, right? The face you show to your counselor and the face that you show to your dad and the face that you show to the barista and the face that you show on a first date. It is natural and expected and um, probably healthy, right? Um, Necessary to make nuanced adjustments to those things and um awareness of that and knowing where it might be incongruent with our values and desires in knowing where it is like truly inauthentic that's the work again congruence is key the goal the work of this season is to make sure that all of the faces we're using are as authentic as possible as congruent with how we actually are and feel as possible.
Aquarius season asks us to engage in the act of becoming yourself, molding yourself, naming yourself, and committing to yourself. Lindsay Max says, you grow your home base every time you are able to claim and be claimed by the gifts you came into this world with. Shifting into experiencing pride for who and what you are, saying yes to the self usually involves others seeing us as eccentric, as foolish. If you missed last week's episode, go there next after this. What would it be like to embrace that fully and humbly and with pride, knowing that doing so is for the good of the planet? Radical authenticity, honoring your uniqueness, embracing your weird, like sinking into who and what you are. This can kind of help us to let go of the work, right? The congruency, the authenticity, the genuineness, the, the allowance of who and what you are. It takes work. Like, do not get me wrong. It takes a lot of work, active, active intention and work and pick your work, I guess, you know, like they say, Aquarius is a reminder to allow yourself to be a creature who is ever changing, to engage with the full depth of your experience and fearlessly allow yourself to be whatever you are in each moment that you find yourself to be in. Now I want to end with a quote by Marianne Williamson that really brings this home in a beautiful way. But before I do, let me please remind you that we have a full moon in Leo on February 5th. And that, oh, chef's kiss. I think I've said maybe last week that I think this might be my favorite full moon of the entire year. And the way that the, the Leo energy helps us with this work, helps us amplify and shine in this work. Oh my God, I fucking love it. <laughs> so here is your loving invitation, your um, weekly reminder that you are always invited to my moon meetups. This next one is Sunday the 5th at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time um, in person if you're local in downtown Fort Collins or um, online via Zoom. You can find more information on my website or shoot me an email if you'd like the, the link. Also, I will be working on February tarot readings for my members. If you're interested in a February tarot reading, plus an all-access pass to all of my moon meetups, you can get all of that and more for just $25 a month. This is the best way to support my work here, and I hope it feels equally supportive for you. I'm so thankful to the members who have joined already, and I would love to I would love to do a February tarot reading for you. Um, you can find out more on my website, or if you have any questions, please let me know. Next week, I'll see you here for episode 39, where um, we're going to be talking about how your self-love how this work that we're doing this week is a gift to the collective. But before I go, let me share with you um, one of my favorite quotes 
from the marvelous Marianne Williamson. She says, quote, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We are born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Unquote. Thank you so much for being here. Until next time, take care. Bye. Now, before you go, let me keep your ear for just a moment. This week's episode is brought to you by www.theselfcarewitch.com my bread and butter, where you can find more information on my current courses, offerings, and other fun ways to connect with myself and yourself. If you enjoyed this episode and you dig what I'm doing here, please subscribe to the podcast, rate it, and leave a review. It helps so much. And if you'd like to connect with me, head to theselfcarewitch.com. I'd truly love to hear from you. Until next time, take care.